Further back to Overlord. Amber Wonga being ridden for luck, looking for the gaps. Global Quest Jet Propulsion. They moved up to join Yardstick. Now Mawunga is working into the clear and bazooka down the outside. Easy camp, easy the fence. Mawunga hitting top gear. And Mawunga will score. Draws away to beat Global Quest. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Trainer's Heart. I'm Todd Blum, your host here in the Sports Lodge Studios, this racing podcast. Brought to you by ToddLumbloodstock.com and we're back with another big guest this week. The big names, they just keep rolling here in the trainer's hut. We're speaking to Shane McGrath, the managing director of Aquas Farm, who are going to have a big, big say on the races in Australia this weekend. They've got Moonga in the Caulfield. Guineas are staying, making race. And gee, what a prospect he looks like. The son of Savabeel. He's three from three. He won the listed Dulcifier last start. And he's got Damien Oliver on board. So excited to have a chat with Shane about him a little later in the show. And before we get to Shane McGrath, though, I just want to have a shout-out to Shane Nichols, who's been recovering in hospital after a pretty big scare over the weekend. He's recovering from a heart attack on Sunday morning. And uh, spoke to him uh, today, and hopefully he's going to be home soon. And he's recovering well in good spirits. So... Thoughts to Shane and his young family, of course, as well. So we hope to see him at the races again soon. Time now to head here in the trainer's hut to Shane McGrath, who's been nice enough to join me on the line from Aquas Farm. Shane, welcome to the show. How are you, Todd? It's been a, a long time, and, uh, and I'll see. We, we go back a long way, you and I. We've got a, we got a great buddy in, in Shane Nichols, and I, I think that was the first time we met. So um, great to... to um, be a guest of yours. I'm surprised it's taking you so long to get me on board, but uh, <laughs> thank you. And uh, we have met a couple of times, and, and our uh, our mate Shane Nichols is recovering well at the moment. Absolutely, I suppose it's um, he'll, he'll be back in the gym now, and he'll, he'll need to stop training too many winners because he was. I think he was relaxing and enjoying the good life. <laughs> Well, we'll get stuck into the uh, the Aqua stuff, mate. It's a big week for the organisation. Moonga runs in the Caulfield Guineas, and it was. Uh, originally slated that he'd run in the spring champion, which would be up in Sydney after he, he won the Dulcifier so well a little while ago, but the team just changed a track to the Caulfield Guineas. Tell us a little bit about that decision. Mwonga uh, was always a horse we took a lot thought a lot of. We, we obviously acquired him in, in New Zealand, and um, he came back and went through our program, and you know, Chris didn't feel he was he was an early horse, which is you know that's that's um, not not surprising given given his pedigree and and given that he came out of out of New Zealand. But we had planned on sending him to uh, Queensland through the Aquistanunga system for the winter, which is um, that's a program that Chris has used um, whether it's Aquist or for his horses that he likes going into the spring and. Um, Plans were always fluid with him, um, whether it was a spring champion stakes, uh, whether it was a Caulfield Guineas. And, you know, uh, we sort of were at a stage where we thought maybe even a, a Golden Rose was, was a possibility. But when we sat down and, and really uh, thought about it, the Caulfield Guineas was the race that we felt, you know, that, that 1,600 metres, it's, it's really only his first genuine prep. And we thought it was the, it was the right race for him. And, um, you know, we've... Uh, Probably got a bit of a visitor's gate there in Barry 11, but we've got the um, uh, Damien Oliver on board, so hopefully he can uh, overcome that, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday afternoon. Well, Damien Oliver is probably riding as well as anyone in the country at the moment, and he had a sit on the horse during the week, and he was really pleased with the way he went and said he seemed to handle Caulfield really well. Absolutely. He, um, he did remind me, it's, it's been a little while since he won a Caulfield Guineas. I think both <laughs> you and I were in nappies the last time he's done it. So um, hopefully we're, we're the guys to uh, to break that little uh, 
reap that little hoodoo. But he, he said he um, he galloped super on Tuesday morning, and you know, as I said, he's um, when the horses go through our system of a conundra, every um, every opposite day they, they go Melbourne legs, Sydney legs. So that was probably a benefit to him. And Chris has got um, he's obviously won a couple of Caulfield Guineas before. Uh, press statement of the Autumn Sun. They they've both gone down there and won a Caulfield on the first start. So I think. Um, when you weigh things up and if Chris was happy to get him down there and, and knew that he, he would handle the coffee like I you know and it's um, two days out and you're sort of speculating a little bit but I, I don't think handling the track is going to be the issue it's just hopefully he's good enough he's by Saberbill Shane who's one of the leading sides of Australasia you know Probabil's just won the Epsom last weekend but and his mum won over a mile and, and 2,100, I think. So what was it about this horse that drew you and the Aquas team to him at the sales there at New Zealand? Because he isn't really in the mould of a traditional stallion prospect, is he? No, but I mean, you can take nothing away from from, um, from Savabille. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's one of the leading stars we have in Australasia. He's, you know, he's a Cox Plate winner himself. And he's um, he was as good as you get on the, on the racetrack. And this horse, when we went across to, to New Zealand... I mean, you're always looking for the, the horse that um, steps out and catches your eye and could be something special. And every time we saw this horse, he was just, we were just taken by him. He, he, he got, had a great presence, big action, massive quality about him. And, you know, we sat in that fair uh, play to the Kiwis to put on a great breakfast. And um, it was a bit um, uh, interesting that every time we sat down to our bacon and eggs, the act was seen this cold scene to appear in front of our eyes. And we were there for six days, so... We were we were definitely taken by him, and um, when it came to uh, walking up to the ring, we said, "Well, this we're going to have to have a crack at him because we love him, and uh, we're fortunate to, to secure him." But uh, I think um, from the day he's got into the system, um, he's always had that little bit of uh, X factor about him, and I think um, you know when you talk to talk to Chris there and how himself and his team talk about him you know that 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 appeal is still there and if he can translate what he's shown to us in his early days um into the into the group one on saturday you know he's a he's a definite stallion prospect and he's gonna be a, a very interesting stallion prospect isn't he because there aren't too many sons of savabil here in australia so he, he really offers a, another angle for broodmare owners and he looks suited to a lot of our colonial sort of mares for sure, um, and that's the, that's the catch catch cry of readers now. It's to, to find this um, find the colonial outcross, which this horse obviously is. Um, he's shown he's got speed. Uh, Two year old winner himself. He's um, he's bringing good Sydney form down to to meet the uh, meet the good Colts in Melbourne and the Caulfield Guineas. I mean, you go through the winners over the last twenty years, and that's pretty much a who's who of um, of three year old Colts in um, in Australia and. Um, we're uh, we're fortunate to be to heading into the race. We've got a fit horse. We've got a sound horse. Uh, speaking to Chris this morning, the stable couldn't be happier. He's settled in well. So, albeit probably the most inexperienced runner in the field, he's he, he's right in there. And at the end of the day, if if he can if he can come out on top on uh, on Saturday, it's um that's what dreams are made of. That's why you go and try and buy these you know these colts with the um. You know, by by a really good sire, and you know he could be the best son of of a, of a really good stallion. And Captain Corrali also runs in the Aquas Colours in the Guineas. He's an interesting horse, actually. I was looking at the market today, and I know it's a cliche again, but 
if there's ever a forgotten horse going into the Guineas, I would have thought that Tim is, I thought his prelude run was, was super. Um, he's drawn a good gate and trained on his home track. Mick Price knows exactly how to produce one on the day. Talking to Mick Kent Jr. this morning, like they couldn't fold his work on Tuesday. So I would say if, um, you know, for the punters out there, he's definitely going to be beating more home that's beating him. So I definitely wouldn't leave him out of the equation because this is the race he's been set for. And, um, you know, he's ready, ready and ready and primed. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do on, on Saturday. Well, we talk about Damien Oliver and the form he's in. Uh, Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. team, they're absolutely flying coming into the spring, aren't they? Absolutely, and they're, they're going to run a little cheeky filly called Cave Hill on Saturday as well. I know she's a maiden, but probably should have um, probably should have, should have won her first start, um, and she'll run there in in the three year old fillies race. It's it's a small field, but it's a good field, and um, the way this stable is flying, you can't discount um, any any runner that they produce, especially on their home track. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. She's obviously a daughter of not a single doubt, who's a a stallion that's uh, very close to the all of our hearts at, at Acris. Obviously, we've had great success with the likes of Dubious and um, and obviously Farn and our, our slipper winners. So, it'd be nice to have a, a daughter uh, do the right thing for us at the at Juicy Odds on Saturday. Absolutely, we'll shift the focus up to Sydney. So, Mawunga won't be. In You're the based in Victoria. Are you allowed to talk about Sydney? <laughs> I've got special clearance when I've got a Sydney guest on. Oh, good man. That's good to hear. <laughs> We'll talk about the spring champion, so it won't be Moonga, but Favreau runs in the in the Group 1 over 2000. He comes through the gloaming. Yeah, again, you know, this has always been his uh, his grand final. Um, John Sargent, great trainer of uh, stairs. You know, we picked this horse out with John and, and Duncan Ramage at Karaka, and we said, look, he genuinely looked like um, a spring champion stakes horse, and fortunate that even if he's, even if he's not good enough on the day, at least... You know, when you set a horse for a race and, and providing he gets there in, 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 a, in a day's time or so, um, that's, um, you know, that shows that the, the system um, works and John's really happy with him. He's confident. Um, I think he, he's drawn well. I thought his run um, two weeks ago gave him every opportunity to come in here and be highly competitive and um, we'll, uh, we'll just see if he's good enough again on Saturday. And Global Quest, he was scratched from the spring champion. He ran second to Moonga in the Dulcify a couple of weeks ago. He's going to run in the Stan Fox, which is at the 1,500 metres. What's the what's the thinking behind that decision? So he, he's obviously the Breeders' Plate winner, so he's a brilliant two-year-old, and I suppose it looks like he that that's probably on, on sheer ability now. He's a horse that we ran him uh, in the Golden Rose and honestly thought he was um, he was coming back 100 metres in trip and we thought he was a top three chance. Just didn't run quite up to form. Um, but speaking to Chris this afternoon, we thought, like you go to the 2000, it's, it's an unknown and it looks like it's going to be a genuine staying test. And I just thought coming back, he's drawn well. 1,500 metres is probably where we thought he would have been third up group two for a stallion um it's it's probably the right race for him if he had run any way better in, in the golden rose i think he'd be he'd be going in there at a, at, a, at a short price and um i'm expecting him to run really well and and to turn around his um it's the first um mediocre run he's put in his life i mean his two-year-old form is, is top class um First up as a three-year-old, um, he had to give way to Mawunga, and he carted him up as well. And who knows, 
Mwanga might might be that um, might be in that elite level. We'll find out. But I know one thing with Global Quest: um, if he produces his, his best form, um, you know, the likes of Tulsa will have to be on his on his A game to, to beat him uh, over the fifteen hundred. Well, we'll talk about a race that being a Victorian, we don't talk about much. The Everest in a couple of weeks, and Farnan's going to run in the Aquist own slot. What's how's he coming along on on route to the Everest? Farnan, um, originally the plan was to, to run him in the uh, Roman Consul. We're, we're going to skip the Roman Consul, and uh, at this stage he'll he'll go straight into the um, straight into the Everest. He had, a, he had a beautiful track gallop last Wednesday with Don Passage. He was a horse that um, he's our Golden Eagle horse. So he's, he's a horse that we've we've a lot of um, you know a high opinion of with, with Gay and Adrian. And I thought um, on that track gallop uh, he he had the um, he had the better of Don Passage, which told me. The horse is ready to go, and um, you know it's the it'll be the best, the biggest race of his life, I guess. But his um, his two-year-old form, his ratings, um, I would have thought, especially as a three-year-old, put put him right into the race, and that's why we selected him. He's when we um, got involved in the Everest initially, like the the dream, I guess, was always to have a cold of your own to represent your yourself in your slot. Um, and once, uh, yes, 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 won last year. It said, look, you know, three-year-olds, they get the opportunity. Um, we've obviously brought um, Kiora along with Phoenix and ourselves into the ownership of of, uh, of Farnan. And there's very few races these Golden Slipper winners can um, can genuinely go and go and win that um, frank their uh, stud credentials. Because as we know in, in Australia, I mean, it's all about two-year-olds. It's all about um, Golden Slippers. So. We thought the the Everest um, uh, twelve hundred meters on his home track was uh, was the ideal race for him. And Tim Clark's going to take the ride with Huey Bowman, uh, electing to come down to Melbourne. Yeah, well, Huey would never be able. To, he wouldn't be able to make the three year olds way in the Everest. And Tim's obviously gained Adrian's stable jockey, and he, he knows him really well. And Tim was um, he was unfortunate he was suspended, so Hugh ended up on him uh, through his his slipper campaign, and and obviously now. One being the weight, and two Hugh being in, in in Melbourne. So Tim was the uh, was the obvious um, obvious jockey for him, and um, he rode him on um, on Wednesday. He's delighted with him, and he's he's uh, really looking forward to the ride Saturday week. He's a he's a very top quality jockey, Tim Clark. He probably doesn't get the plaudits yeah. he deserves. Absolutely, I think he's uh, he's one of the one of the best, if not the best, uh, front running riders uh, we have in Australia. That's how uh, Gay and Adrian like to their horses generally run on speed, and um, you know it's it's basically when they come over the rise at uh, at Randwick, they'll uh, they'll all have one to run down, and if they're good enough, they they can catch it. But I know um, we won't be lacking for anything with Tim Clark. He knows that track so well, and and he obviously knows the horse really well as well. You wouldn't last too long as the stable rider at Tullock Lodge if you couldn't ride a front runner, would you? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, Anders, he's another very exciting colt. Again, uh, not a single doubt. You mentioned before that Aquas have had such a good association with in recent times. How's he coming along after a slight spike in the temperature? He missed the moor after two very impressive first up runs. And... He's looking at the blue sapphire, I believe, at Caulfield en route to the Coolmore on Derby Day. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, you know, he was always the 
two-year-old that we had the highest hopes for um, early doors. I mean, you talked to Kieran and, and Dave. Um, you know, we thought he was he was top of the pops and sort of let us down a small bit at his first start. And it was just a case of figuring him out. I'd say, like he was an absolute um, speed machine, and he's shown that once he's um, once he's got things um, things in order. And um, I thought his San Domenico run was um, was a, was outstanding, and he. Um, he put his hand up for um, for any of the major races, whether it was a, an Everest or a, a Coolmore. But he was, uh, you know, he's top of the ranks of the of the three row sprinters. We were fortunate to um, to um, bring uh, Woodenstead and Anthony Thompson on board as um, they're now managing owners of the horse. And you know, we had a you know, really robust discussion of whether it was a, an Everest or a, or a Coolmore. But um, you know, he was in Melbourne. He went down for the Moyer, and it looked like a perfect race for him. Unfortunately, he spiked the temperature, and it was only marginal, but it was just enough to prevent him from having his um, his last gallop before he ran. And you know, Anthony said, "Listen, we're we're not going to the Moor, but I, I think we should um, we should head to head to the Coolmore." And um, yeah, you got to listen to to Kieran and Dave as well, and that's that's the route they wanted to take. And as I said, at the end of the day, we're um, we're still fortunate to be part of um, the ownership with, with Anders, and, and I can't wait to see him in the in the blue sapphire because, again, he's um, when he's on top of his game and everything's right with him, he, he's a very hard uh, call to to beat, particularly the way he can run off the top of the speed on a on a firm track. You mentioned Wyden Stud coming in, Anders there, and Keo Oro were brought in to Farnan alongside Phoenix Thoroughbred. So obviously, standing stands is a big part of what Aquas is about. I've heard Tony Fung, the owner of Aquas, say a couple of times, although you know racing and breeding is a passion, at the end of the day it is a business, and it's a pretty big business at, at that. But tell us a little bit about these business decisions to let two very handy colts stand elsewhere. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something, as, as I've sort of said previously from Tony Fung's point of view, that the... Um the head definitely uh, leads the heart when it comes to business decisions, and whether it was uh, a Prague or a, a Farnan or a Hernandez, when um, when opportunity comes, when you, you've secured these colts, and like make no mistake, you're, you're buying them at a, at a at a premium at a yearling sale. But if they go and do the right job on the track, and uh, there's an opportunity to de-risk and still be part of of the upside with these horses going forward, it's something we'd always look to do. And Look at the end of the day, irrelevant of the volume of horses we have, whether it's um, foals, yearlings, broodmares, you know, we're we're we're, we're traders at, at every level. Um, a massive part of our business is selling, um, you know, younger horses into Hong Kong as well, or whether it's Hong Kong or Singapore. So, at every level, we look to uh, maximise opportunity, and and if we can stay involved, uh, that's the that's the attraction. And obviously, we've been fortunate with those horses that we've managed to secure partners that can guarantee the the young colts um, stallion future. And um, from the Fung family's point of view, that they've still got access to them by um, virtue of the ownership percentage they've retained. And uh, we're talking about the future stallions here of Aquas and as we said it's a big part of the business across three states and this year the headline act Pirata who did his thing on the racetrack for such a long period of time and he's been strutting his stuff in the breeding barn so far this year and he's been covering an excellent book of mares. Absolutely he um he had a, he had a good wake up call there the other morning because um Love and Gabby walked into the, <laughs> the serving barn and yeah, I don't know I don't know which of them was, was, the, was the stallion because guys she's a she's a 
beautiful mare, but she's uh, she's got size and scope and strength. She could have been a stallion herself, but thankfully, uh, between the two of them, they, they managed to work things out, and she's safely in full, and that's probably, um, you know, that's the, that's the highlight of his, of his um, obviously, his, his book this year, um, but he's, he's off to a great start. Gee, uh, loving Gabby, it's, uh, it's a fair feather in the cap for a first-season staying, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And look, from an actress perspective, you know, we've got a lovely group of mayors that are um, visiting the stallion. And um, he's been really well supported by all the leading breeders across Australia. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing his first holes on the ground. And I'm, I'm sure they'll be well received when they hit the sale ring. One thing I like about the Aquas roster is there's such a variety of options for breeders. There's plenty of that colonial two-year-old speed. And then there's a couple of, you know, the... Stains that got out over a little bit of a trip, even though it might have been early, but there really is something for the breed to race as well as the commercial breeder. Absolutely. And look, across three states, you've got such a diverse um, client base as well that you're trying to um, cater for all of those. But, you know, the reality is from a studmaster's point of view, none of us know which of these stallions or young stallions um, are going to be the, the, the next uh, top of the pop. So you just got to give them every opportunity. And, you know, we're fortunate that we've we've got a lot of uh, breeders that have joined us in the ownership of a lot of these young stallions and they're happy to support them as well. And, um, you know, who, who knows which one it's going to be, but I know that they'll, they'll get a, every opportunity with the, the Aquas Broodmoor Band. One staying that caught my eye, Almedo. He's back in work. Almedo, absolutely. He's um, back in work. He's with Chris. He's actually going to trial again on Friday. Um, so we get, we've obviously got the uh, the Aquas group involved. And we've got a number of our uh, Hong Kong shareholders involved in the horse as well. And I suppose they're retired for a long time. You know, he's a he's a French Guineas winner. He's the son of Declaration of War. Um, who's um, I mean, he's gone from strength to strength, not only here in Australia, but He's um he's taken all before him with his with his crops in America and we just thought especially with everything going on with travel and COVID and everything else were we missing an opportunity here in Australia um so we decided just to put the stallion career on on hold for a year we, we sent him to Chris um with an eye on getting to Hong Kong in December and then campaigning through Australia for the for the autumn and, and then we'll retire him after that because. As I said, he's he's already a Group One winner, and if we could if we could um, put some proper Group One form on the board from here in Australia, it just um, you know makes his his job a little bit easier as a, as a stallion going forward. Yourself personally, Shane, you've been a mover and shaker in the industry for a long time, a heavy hitter there at Coolmore in the Hunter Valley, but it must be very pleasing to see the way Aquas continues to build and and the reputation and results as someone who was involved fairly early in the setup of the operation and it continues to go from strength to strength absolutely no it's um like every day it's um living in fantasy land really when you see what we've done over the last sort of 12 18 months and that's uh, full credit to uh, tony and justin fung they've um, given us the opportunity as a, as a team here in australia to go and source these horses and um, you know, we set out with a with a goal um, over the last eighteen months to try and find really nice colts that we could go and race in the in the Aquas colours, and it's really given the family a lot of enjoyment, and they love uh, they love the involvement, and we've obviously branched out not only in Victoria but here in the Hunter Valley and, and Queensland is still the that's the home base, and you know we got a lot of horses in training there, and 
as you as you probably know, like Casey Fogden is is doing a marvelous job there training at the at the Conungra base. And she was actually the first employee at Aquis, so it's uh, it's very much a, a big family here at Aquis, and um, it's um, it's it's a great feeling to be to be um, the central figure and the, and the face of uh, of what's a big team behind me. Well, wishing you all the best for the weekend, particularly with Moonga in the stay and making Caulfield Guineas. And what else is ahead for the spring as well? Shane, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Todd. Good to talk, man. Shane McGrath joining me there in the trainer's hut. And it's a very, very exciting weekend for those Aquas colours. The Aquas blue with the black checkered band. And what a day's racing we've got here on Saturday. We just have a look at the Group 1 racing at Caulfield and the Caulfield Stakes. Well, Russian Camelot, he steps back out and he's uh, getting very, very special to see a horse like this on the track. And it's a, it really is a shame that there can't be crowds at the races here at the moment because they would be flocking to Caulfield just to get a glimpse at Russian Camelot. You could be sure of that. He certainly is probably the most exciting horse in training at the moment, the 1,000 guineas, the Caulfield guineas. Well, this is an excellent move by the MRC. They put the 1,000 guineas on Caulfield guineas day a little while ago. It used to be run on the Wednesday, bookended by the guineas meeting and the Caulfield Cup. But they moved it back and made it a bit of a super Saturday in their own right here at the MRC. The Scalacci is on as well. The Herbert Power, the golden ticket to the Caulfield Cup. So... It's an excellent day's racing, and the 1,000 guineas, this could be one of the best uh, group of fillies we've seen for some time. You know, Hungry Hearts backing up. She's come down after a very close second there in the flight stakes. I like personal. I think she's tracking along very nicely for Tom Dabenig and Ben Hayes, and the other one that uh, wouldn't let get too far away, Thermosphere. Look for her to be there in the action as well for Cadolphin. Of course, Instant Celebrity comes with a big rap as well. And the Caulfield Guineas, well, Moongo we've spoken a lot about, and this is the uh, stand-making race. There's a couple of horses in here that are already uh, short of a career at stud. Tagaloa is a Blue Diamond winner. King's Legacy, he's a two-time Group 1 winner at two. Ole Kirk, we know that he won the Golden Rose uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, could Crosshaven, could he spoil the party? The Gelding by Smart Missile. So there's a couple of chances there in the Caulfield Guineas, but all in all... It looks like an excellent day's racing, and you've got the, the spring champion stakes, which you spoke a little bit about with Shane as well. Favreau representing the Aquas Farm team, but Montefila backs up against the boys. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. She certainly looks a filly that is all class. That's it for this week's edition of The Trainer's Heart. If you want to get in touch with me, you think I should be uh, interviewing someone or speaking to someone, always happy to hear suggestions. You can get in touch on the Twitter, at TBBloodstock is the handle on Twitter. And you can also get in touch on the Facebook and the Instagram. Search Sports Thought, which is the platform that we bring the podcast to you on. And you'll be able to find them on the social media pages there. If you are liking what you're hearing, please feel free to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you'd like to, leave a review. We're always happy to hear the feedback as well as helps to expand the show and continue to grow the show and build the base as it's excellent to see the numbers continue to build and I love hearing back from the people out there uh, with a bit of feedback on the show. So always happy to hear from the audience. That's it for this week's edition. I'll see you next time here in the Trainer's Hut. I'm Todd Blum. See you then.